Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Afternoon. Welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Also, the home of heat. Uh, if you go inside uh, any of the buildings at Pearl River Resort, they have heat. And you're going to need it this weekend. It's going to be cold. And early next week, it's going to be really cold as well. So if you're just looking for a reason to visit, it'll be warm on the inside. So uh, check them out, PearlRiverResort.com Sportsbook. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a great basketball day. That would be a really good spot to watch a bunch of games and get in on the action if you're so inclined. Ceasefire text line is always open to you. That number is 601 601- Eight seven nine four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. It's backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire Country. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. That's cspire.com slash business. Great to be with you this afternoon. Oh, have we got plenty to talk about? But boys first. And we, we probably shouldn't, like, dive deep, deep into this because there are really big stories to get to. So there is an NFL playoff game tomorrow in Kansas City. And they are expecting wind chills to be in the minus 30 range. So I am in Columbia, Missouri right now, and I needed a little sustenance before the, sh- the show. Hey, Dad. So I ran to the local, uh, the closest gas station and got one of those hot dogs on a roller. You know, like the, the, the roller machine hot dogs inside the gas station. I, oh. I, look, I, so, so, so I grabbed one of those. Point being, I just got outside the hotel for a second. It is currently 14 degrees with sustained winds of 27 miles per hour and gusts up to 50 miles per hour, which means the windshield or the feels like temperature outside is minus six. In Kansas City, it's going to feel like minus 30. The temperature at kickoff is going to be roughly zero. I love a bad weather game. One of my favorite all-time games is the Giants winning over the Packers in Green Bay when it looked like Tom Coughlin's face was just going to fall off. It was so red. But feeling like minus 30? 
The only thing How feeling worse than that is, is what your stomach's going to feel like after eating a gas station roller hot dog. No way, man. No way. Oof. Thing, it's pretty good. Just a little bit of spice to it. I did not get the oh, jalapeno God, no. stuffed one or any of the flavors. I just got the, the regular all-beef hot dog. Yeah. Been sitting there since yesterday. Ah, well. Gets the job done. I did see some. No, man. It looked fresh. And it tasted oh. fresh. Hey. <clears throat> Whatever gets the job done. I, I did see people say, this is why the, all NFL stadiums should have domes on them. And it's like, dude, what on earth are you talking about? I want to see. I'm excited. So excited. To see Patrick Mahomes miserable. Give me negative 50, not even negative 30. I don't care what the Weather Channel says about dangerous temperatures. Make it worse. I want to see these guys <laughs> miserable. And then you look at uh, the forecast, by the way, in Buffalo. You've got lake effect snow coming to Buffalo this weekend, too. So you're going to get extreme cold. See, that's better television. And then you're going to get lake effect snow in Buffalo. It does not get much better than that. A dome would ruin some of the greatest visuals we get in sports. What is wrong with you people? That, I mean, that, that there is no question that Buffalo is going to be the better television. Because Kansas City is just going to be cold. Right, it's going to be minus two and windy, Ugh. and you're <laughs> so going to just terrible. see people in the stands that are bundled up oh, and miserable. About it. In Buffalo, yeah. it's going to be 22 degrees, and that lake effect snow is no joke. That's heavy snow. Oh yeah, that's big snowflakes. All oh, the visuals of that at lunchtime on Sunday will be spectacular. That will be good. Here's my question: How big of a fan? Do you have to be? What kind of a fan are you to go? I don't care. It's playoffs. I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. Doesn't matter. I'm in. Now, I'm I'm far more in on Buffalo than I am Kansas City, but I'm in either way. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm talking about Kansas City. Outdoor, Midwest, windy, freezing, raw, frigid playoffs. I'm in. I'm in. Hey, Dad. Oh, I'm in. Why would I not be in? Who who doesn't want to watch that? I wouldn't okay. want to. I don't know if I want to be there. I don't know how no, how much asking. I'd want to be there. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to talk. My I want to watch it, but at the same time, can, can I get a club level seat? Can I can I have a place where I can go back in uh, for a second? Dude, you you go all in. You get. I mean, you you triple layer everywhere. You you get those uh, those foot warmers that that go in the soles of your feet after you've triple socked. I mean, you put on long johns and then regular pants and then ski pants. And, I mean, you just – you really load down, get those big goggles, cover up your face, and just wear it out. Your team needs you. They can't win without you. you got to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is absolutely yes. But you have to be prepared. You you can't go into this half-cocked. Like, this is not a, oh, yeah, let me just grab my coat out of the closet and I'll throw in a pair of long johns and maybe I'll wear two pairs of socks and we'll go. No, you're, you're, you're either a hunter or a skier or a football fan who pretends to be a hunter or a skier. And if you go the camouflage route, hunter, you're layering down low. I think it's perfectly fine if you want to go in your waders. 
and you do the big heavy stuff and you bundle up and very little skin is exposed. And if you're a skier, you just go full on ski outfit. Probably don't need to wear your ski helmet. That might be a bridge too far. The beauty of the ski helmets is they keep your head so warm. But you are absolutely going toboggan. And if you want to wear your ski goggles, I got zero issue with that. Wear them. Going, zero issue. I'm going full Daft Punk. Full <laughs> helmet. You can't see anything in there. Yeah. As if you I'm were just, a loser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you see nothing of me. There's no Goodness. shame in whatever you do to get warm in that game. None. Whatever you got to do to stay warm, you can't be judged. What's going to be really funny, though, is to see the absolute clowns with their shirts off because you know the next week and a half of their life is going to be miserable. Well, they'll have taken That's your advice. One. They will have done whatever it took to stay warm, and in that case, it was fireball. Yeah, I mean, but it's not that they're not. It's not that they're actually staying warm. It's just that they're not feeling anything. They feel warm though. Mentally, yeah. they're warm at those yeah, temperatures. So. By the way, uh, we've seen it in the past in games like this. If you go buy a beer and they put it in a cup, so sometimes they give you cans or whatever. But if you get a cupped beer out of a tap, it will the top will freeze by the time you get back to your seat. Yeah. So you have to constantly break the ice at the top of your beer to consume your beer at the football game. It's that cold. Yeah, That's how Ben Franklin you, you, wanted it. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you're going to this game and you've been paying the for, paying attention to the forecast, I hope you made the $85 investment online to buy one of the heated vests. Like the battery Ooh, pack heated yeah. vest, those are a complete game changer. Here we go. Ceasefire text line 601 879 Four three nine five. Richard, are you kind of outside? You have winter gear on. No, man. It's I, I just I don't have winter gear on. I've got on a hat and like a an insulated quarter zip. It's just like it's six or sixteen degrees outside here. I'm sitting by the window. It's not. I mean, I mean all 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 credit to the town place suites, but I don't think they uh, they sprung from the super expensive insulated windows. Um, no, it's all good. All good. Um, fleece-lined heavy jeans, thinsulate snowmobile suit, and the bunny hat. Good. Yeah, that's a good call. Somebody suggested a motorcycle helmet. (laughs) With the full face shield. I mean, it's not the worst idea. Um, Although that then ability, uh, uh, that muffles your voice. You still have to try to amplify and make noise and make it a hard place to play for the opponent. Uh, somebody said on the, on the, City st- fans stomp on the, to... on the stands. Mm, yeah. Somebody said I heard that Kansas City fans are trying to give their tickets away. You can get in the door for this game for 53 bucks, which is really low for an NFL playoff game. No doubt. I mean, yeah. you got even it's the, also negative thirty. Yeah, even the tough cities that are used to that—that's still uh, that's built different because you're outside for four hours. Without change. Like, it's not four hours where you get to, to go stand under heaters for a while. Buddy, you're in it. For four hours, you're in it. you got to be built different for that. Uh, we're glad to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi. Clearly, there is uh, very, very big news. If you haven't heard, we will share it with you coming up. And uh, it relates to a question that we have on the C Spire text line. We will do that coming up next, a cold Friday headed toward a cold weekend and a super cold start to next week in the Magnolia State. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We're back right after this. 
Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. I feel like I had a tailgate party in my room during the break. Hey, Dad, in, in addition to that hot dog, I grabbed a big old bag of Tostitos scoops and some of that queso blanco dip. Like, you know, go to town. <laughs> what? I, I was telling Borky on the break, have you seen Ocean's Eleven? Oh, I, am I Brad movie? Pitt? Yeah, you're Brad Pitt. You're just eating in every scene here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, it's fair. Anytime you want to compare me to Brad Pitt, I'm good with it. I, I don't really care what it's the context kind of, you know, is. By it's hair like, color, yeah. it should be the other way around. You should be Clooney, and, and he would be Pitt. And I guess I'm, I get stuck being uh, my Elliot Gould. <laughs> hey, also not mad being compared to George Clooney. It's, it's, yeah, that's it's a, a, yeah, this is a bit of a win-win. All right, we have, yeah. uh, we have sufficiently buried the lead. Kalen DeBoer is the next head coach at the University of Alabama. It was funny. So because because Greg Byrne said to the Alabama football team, and it was subsequently made public, that he wanted to try and have something done in 72 hours, I feel like people lost their minds in terms of the timeline of this search. It was Wednesday afternoon at 4 o'clock. It has not yet been... Am I remembering that correctly? It was Wednesday, right? Or was it Tuesday? Yes. It was Wednesday. 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 We have not yet hit the 48-hour mark since Nick Saban said to his football team, I'm stepping down. And yet, at like 10 o'clock this morning, certainly by lunchtime today, people were like, if something isn't done soon, this search really has gone off the rails. It had not been 48 hours and people were like he's bungling the whole thing when have we ever seen a coaching search begin and end in less than two days i I don't think ever doesn't happen much but greg bird the patriots off in two days (laughs) well yeah yeah (laughs) a little easier when you hire in-house and have it in his contract apparently that nobody knew about that he was going to be the the successor so um, yeah, the, the reaction to this is kind of weird in some circles anyway. Now, a lot of people are praising his coaching acumen. I mean, you, you don't go 104-12, and 12, regardless of the level, without being good. But I've seen too many people, yeah, well, it's only in the Pac-12. Well, what are you talking about? They, they just won 14. <laughs> he won 14 games this year at Washington, beat Oregon twice, and Texas for good measure. He is an exceptional football coach, and it may or may not work at Alabama. I don't know. He's he's not Nick Saban, but too many people are like, oh, I don't know about this hire. Alabama should be disappointed. He he didn't do it in the SEC. I, I mean, I, I can't wrap my mind around trying to discredit in two years at Washington winning 11 games and winning 14 games, and oh, by the way, against the best coaches in the league, for what it's worth, he's 3-0 and against Dan Lanning. He's 2-0 and against Sarkeesian, who everybody would have called the greatest hire in the world. He's also beaten Lincoln Riley in his one chance and Kyle Whittingham in his one chance. Those are among the greatest coaches in the sport. He hasn't lost to him yet. 
So I, I'm kind of flabbergasted at this idea that Alabama did not hire and make an exceptional hire uh, to replace Nick Saban. He's not Nick Saban, but the, the track record should speak for itself. Apparently it doesn't. Hey, Dad. Um, there are a lot of Bear Bryant quotes out there. One of the uh, one of the more famous ones. I ain't never been nothing but a winner. Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, that's what Kalen DeBoer is, and and I tend to buy into that. I tend to buy into winners are winners. A guy who can win at, at one level can win at the other. But you know, I get. I also get the. Uh, I get the. Uh, fear's not the right word. Apprehension, maybe. Because it does feel like in this day and age when guys come from outside the SEC footprint to coach in the SEC, it, it can be a struggle sometimes. You know, the, the whole it just means more thing, it doesn't, it's not about so much about the passion of the fans as it is the intensity of, of the, of the, the coaching, uh, of what you have to put in to be a coach, be a successful coach in, in this conference. You know, yeah. recruiting in the Pac-12 is it's just not as cutthroat as it is in the SEC. It just isn't, and so you know that's that's going to be a, a leap for him. He's going to have to come in and come in with his eyes open on that. But I mean, this is a guy that has been successful everywhere he's gone. He's got, I think, he's got the right DNA for it. Um, I think his offense is great. You know, he he'll be able to be successful offensively. It, it's just it's just a question of can he handle the monster expectations? A friend of mine. Today, put in a text we were talking, and he said, "You know, he won national of the Co- national coach of the year this past year, and if he does, if he repeats what he did at Washington five straight years at Alabama, they'll fire him. If he has five straight years where he doesn't win the national title, but he plays for a national title, but doesn't win the national title, they might fire him." Twenty-five wins every two years. I, I, is there a national title? Fired. Yeah, but but in your scenario, they, in five years, they, if you haven't won a national title at Alabama, they 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 might they might move on. Maybe, and they would be stupid. And congratulations to whoever hires him next if they uh, if they do that. Yeah. Another stat for you. So everybody kind of understands that it does take a little bit to get your job going. And because he had a COVID year, year one at Fresno State, this is why the stat is worded this way. But after 10 games at his new job, so he's had three new jobs. After 10 games, he is 80-3. and three. Wow. Come on. 80-3 uh... after his first 10 games at three different stops combined. So, hey, Dad, the, you, you made the point about moving from another part of the country into the SEC, and sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes the, the transition is not smooth for whatever reason, either either recruiting or culture or fan bases or expectations or the monster's just too big or whatever. And and that's true sometimes. And then sometimes you get Nick Saban. Yeah, that's true. I, that's I mean, true. You know, and I, but, you know, so, I remember you when, when... Sometimes you get Dan Mullen. Which, I remember which, when, when Saban was hired. SEC school first. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Saban was hired. And and there was a lot of, like, I don't know about this guy. He had, he's had one good season at Michigan State. Yeah, when he was hired at LSU. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there was a lot of – I remember I remember early in his tenure they lost to UAB, and a lot of people were like, see, this isn't going to work for LSU. This guy's not any good. Who knew at that time? Um, 
And then Kiffin, yeah, I mean Kiffin comes in to Tennessee and in his first year. I mean they were they were they were obviously they were improving that program. They went 6 and 6. They were going to be good the next year. They had that great recruiting class and then it all fell apart when he went back to Southern Cal. But then he goes to Florida Atlantic. So that's not in the SEC, but at least you're in the South at that point. You're 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 fighting those battles. So we'll see, you know, the we'll see where where it goes for Alabama. I will say this and, and the Ole Miss fans will be like, "Of course you're going to say that." I, I I don't think DeBoer was the best coach available in this search. Mm. If you get past Sarkeesian, I, I, I thought Kiffin was. So, and I understand that you know that, that whatever happened prior to his uh, arrival at Ole Miss, whatever happened at Alabama over there, that that may have kept him from this job. So be it. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you should be happy that that's the case because you kept the guy who I think would have been the best coach that they could have hired. You know, I, I'm scrolling back through the, the text history of, of this guy who, who sends us this. Why are Ole Miss fans acting like Kiffin turned down Bama? He was probably fifth or sixth choice at best. He had no option but to stay at Ole Miss. He'd crawl to Tuscaloosa. And I, I, so so that was today. And, and I go back about five messages, and he said, definitely Kiffin is the best choice for Alabama. I want that so bad. I just want to see the meltdown from Ole Miss fans. Please, Bama. So which is it? Which is it? But in truth, what Ole Miss fans have you run into who are acting like Kiffin turned down Alabama? Ole Miss fans today are nothing but happy. Alabama found a coach. It did not create a butterfly effect where Lane Kiffin not only did Lane Kiffin not go to Alabama, but it doesn't appear that there was a job that opened because of the coach who went to Alabama that might be of interest or might make sense to Lane Kiffin. Today was a win for Ole Miss. And so, pal, I'm sorry. I know you're heartbroken. I know more than anything in life, buddy, you wanted Lane Kiffin to be the next coach at Alabama. You did. And that's fine. But he's not. Sorry. Sorry. And the other side Ow. of that is the other side is had had Norvell or Sarkeesian taken this job, those are jobs I think Kiffin might have been interested in. I don't think he'd be interested in Washington. I don't know that Washington will pursue him, but I don't think he would be interested in Washington. It's like a non-starter. Nothing about that that makes yeah. sense. No, nothing. No, unless they just want to go stupid money. There's so 15 million a year. Then maybe he's listening, but you know that they reportedly offered to double DeBoer's salary, and it still would have been a million short of Kiffin's current salary at Ole Miss. So they're way behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, supposedly about a 12 million dollar buyout for uh, for DeBoer at um, at Washington, which is a lot of money. That's uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, and he's chicken feed him. money to Alabama. What are you talking about? It's still a lot of money. Sports Talk Mississippi. There's a lot of other stuff going on around the SEC as well. We're back with you right after this. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. Or if you don't get that look of concern on your face, I just accidentally turned the volume on on my computer. That's why the, you were getting feedback. It's okay. Echoes, man. I heard it. Got it muted before we came on. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know, sometimes you're overdoing it 
if you take a story on a website and you read the thing and you pick out one line and you're like, I can't believe they wrote that. It's like, there's an entire body of content there. Why are you going to pick that one thing out? But the story at ESPN.com of Kalen DeBoer being the next head coach at Alabama, which was co-written, there's a split byline with Mark Schleyball and Chris Lowe, two veteran reporters in the SEC footprint. But there's a line in the story that reads like Wikipedia, like just any old body could go in and edit it and insert something and then wait and see how long it takes for the masses to find out or to find that nugget. Listen to this. So, yeah, they go through the normal stuff. DeBoer is expected to be the next head coach. Formed his team on Friday, would inherit one of the most coveted jobs, most difficult jobs, blah, 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 blah. Then you get down to about paragraph six. Right right after this, so DeBoer would owe Washington a $12 million buyout if he leaves. He signed a two-year contract extension through the 2028 season in November. All right, next sentence. Possibly true. Entirely unnecessary for the story and completely unprovable. DeBoer had emerged as the Crimson Tide's top target even before three other possible candidates, Oregon's Dan Lanning, Florida State's Mike Norvell, and Texas's Steve Sarkeesian, withdrew from the search and affirmed their commitments to their current schools over the past two days. What? You know what that says? That says, Greg Byrne told me to write that. Yep. It, it it says that here's the payback for all the scoops you've gotten in the last two days. Yep. We'll do you a solid, you do us a solid, we'll do you a solid, and it continues and it continues. Listen to this. DeBoer had emerged as the Crimson Tide's top target even before three other possible candidates Oregon's Dan Lanning, Florida State's Mike Norvell, and Texas's Steve Sarkeesian withdrew from the search and affirmed their commitments to their current schools over the past two days. So, if I just take that at face value, that means that Kalen DeBoer had become the preferred candidate before the job was even open. Yeah. That's what that means. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense to me. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, that is spectacular. And forgive me for cherry-picking a line or a paragraph from a story that's got a lot of words and a lot of thoughts and a lot of information in it, but spin me a river. Wow. Well, that's just uh, another example that every single college coaching search ends with their guy. I mean, John Cohen stood up on a stage and said, we got our guy, and everybody knew that was complete BS, but he said it because people that are dumb enough to buy it, buy it. And that's every coaching search for that, that's ever happened in college and will forever happen in perpetuity. It's another reason why, and I'm barking up the wrong tree, but that's why I like NFL fandom so much. There's none of that. None of that. You know exactly who the candidates are. You know exactly who gets offered the job and who turns it down. It is required by the league to do that. So and guess what? It's not an embarrassment if somebody says no to you. You just go to your next one. 
Yeah. But but here, truth of the matter, let, let's be real for a second. Greg Bird had a list that had four names, more than likely, at the top. Even if it was just a mental list. And I don't know the order. That, I mean, look, there, there's a lot of things that could happen here. Mike Norvell today agreeing to a new deal at Florida State and saying he can't wait to continue what they've started there. Did he tell Alabama no, and then they immediately turned to Kalen DeBoer? Or did he get the sense that Kalen DeBoer was about to get the job offer, and so he proactively removed his name and agreed to an extension? Oh, no, it doesn't matter. It's the way the game's played. Everybody won. Everybody won. Yeah. In in this deal, Kalen DeBoer gets the Alabama job at a massive raise. Somebody gets an opportunity at Washington that didn't have one before. Mike Norvell, Florida State keeps him, and goodness knows Florida State needed some good news. Are you guys familiar with the uh, the children's book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? Mm-hmm. It could be yeah. an adult book as well. It's not just a children's book. It could be an adult book. This has been like... Florida State and the terrible, no good, very bad, horrible six weeks or two months. I mean, it's just been bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news, and they finally got good news today. Mike Norvell staying. Um, I don't know if Sark has gotten a new deal yet. I think that was in the works regardless. Sark's getting a big fat raise. Okay, did they, they announced it. I believe so. Yeah, ten million a year. Uh, let me find it, but yeah, something like that. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, monopoly money. Here we go again. Was it ten million a year? Eight years, fully guaranteed, or or something really, really close to that? No, somebody lost today. Dabo, Washington. Wow. Well, Washington absolutely did lose today, but man, Washington's the one having the bad week now. They just lost the national title. Now they've lost their coach. Rewind three years, though. Let, let's pretend Nick Saban is 72 in 2021 instead of 2024. That that That's a 48-hour search, and there is no division. There is no, I want this guy, I want this guy. This guy tells me, no, Dabo Sweeney's the next head coach at Alabama, I think. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even a thought. You had, and I know fans, some fans, not all of you, some fans are dumb and do dumb things, but you had people chanting outside of the Alabama facility, anyone but Dabo. How do you get that into one of those clapping cadences? I don't don't, know, but they did it. I guess it's anyone anyone but Dabo, Dabo. clap, 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 clap. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but they, they did that. Just three years ago, he was... And you had the correct argument if if he was 1B. Nick Saban's 1A coaching college football, Dabo's 1B. Programs winning championships, recruiting at the highest level. And in, in three short years... Uh, we, we had those conversations here. And they were Boy, justified. I remember you arguing the Dabo side of the thing. We're talking about, hey, best coach in college football. And I'm like, it's Nick Saban. You're like, but why? 
That, that, that was your response over and over. Yeah. Like, but why? Dabo's won two of them. But why? I'm like, because he's the best. And it, <laughs> He's done it forever. Yeah. And so I think the settling was Dabo was a 1B or a 2, and there's not a debate for anybody else in that spot because, I mean, he had won two of the last three championships. You know, I mean, that, yeah. that's where he You're was. Right. And then, but to me, that's the most remarkable thing about Nick Saban. We can say a million yep. different things about Nick Saban, right? You know, winning percentage, wins at home, you know, his record after that first season, SEC championships, national championships. But to me, the thing that stands out more than anything else and is the most remarkable thing about Nick Saban is – the consistency over an extended period of time. After the first year, it was every year. Every year. They had, well, after his first season, I, I don't know if it was year by year pulled up. What was there one year where they won less than 10 games after his first year? Does that sound right? No, there's no years less than 10 no games. Years. I was thinking there was one year where they went nine. They won nine. They went they went ten and three with the bowl win. You're thinking of two thousand ten. Okay. That was the year before the ten and three with the bowl so win they, in the Capital One. They bowl. won the national title and then the next year. That was maybe his and that's the thing that gets me uh, they might have been his most talented team. Ingram and Richardson and Julio Jones and all those okay. guys on offense. You, you ready for the Nick Saban that was stat of the day? At quarterback the year after he won yeah. a national title as quarterback. Yes. Okay, yes. They went 9-3. Yeah. That's, That's Auburn's okay. national title year. Yeah. After year one, Nick Saban's worst finish in the AP poll was number 10. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, starting starting in 2008. 12, 14, 10, 12, 13, 11, 12, 14, 14, 13, 14, 11, 13, 13, 11, 12. It's unreal. That's the number of wins. Won't be replicated. Going back to, uh, to what we were saying a second ago, and we'll have to pick this up on the other side of the break, um, so much to get to this afternoon, including the question of what happens to Will Rogers now. Feel bad Will for Rogers him. Trans- yeah, transferred to Washington to go play for Kalen DeBoer, was brought in for that purpose, which he can move, right? I mean, he's got, there's a 30 day, 30 day opening now for Washington players to enter the transfer portal. So maybe you're going to see Will Rogers at Alabama coming up next. I, I don't know. Um, we'll see though. We'll, we'll see where this goes next. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Friendly, friendly piece of advice. We're we're all a big happy family. And by the way, this this advice is is worth what you pay for it. Not going to cost you a dime, and, and so it's probably all it's worth. Family, family. Don't waste your time 
watching the videos of the people who cover Alabama who now want to go in on the how many people were offered, how many people said no. We're, we're all veterans at this, right? We've been through coaching searches. We've been through coaching searches right here in Mississippi. We've been through coaching searches in other states. Everybody says the same thing. And most everybody has people that cover the team that will carry water. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter. Borky's point about NFL coaching searches earlier was fantastic. None of this crap matters in the NFL. All the fans know everybody that's being interviewed. They go through the process. They offer the job. Candidate either accepts it or turns it down. If he turns it down, they offer it to somebody else. They don't get turned down a lot because there aren't many of those jobs. And and they are the elite, even the bad ones are really good ones. But we have this need to determine how many times a school was turned down before they got their guy. And it the truth is it doesn't matter. Other than for us to go, <laughs> three people told them no. I don't know if three people told them no or not. Here's what I do know. If those were the four candidates for the Alabama job, Dan Lanning at Oregon, Kayla DeBoer at Washington, Mike Norvell at Florida State, and Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, if those were their four candidates, they had four swings at getting a really good head coach. And guess what? They just hired a really good head coach. Will it work? Don't know. We don't ever know that until it happens. Don't know. But everything about his resume tells you they just hired a good coach. He won in the NAIA. He's had assistant experience multiple places. He won at Fresno. He won big at Washington. And look, it's not like Washington was just on fire rolling before he got there, and it was immediate. Question is, Washington relied heavily on the transfer portal. They did. Their high school recruiting was not, like, over-the-top good. It's hard for it to be over-the-top good there, considering just the lack of talent. It is. But Alabama's high school recruiting has been over-the-top good for two decades. Maybe longer than that, but specifically under Nick Saban. That can't stop for Alabama. They have to continue to do that. Now, they can be more active in the transfer portal. And then the other thing that I keep hearing, people are like, oh, Alabama's got all the resources and the collective and blah, 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 blah. I don't know where that talking point is coming from. Alabama's got work to do in the NIL space. They they are not as well funded, not saying they can't be, not saying they won't be, but they are not as well funded right now as a lot of the other programs in the SEC. And it's because they haven't had to be. And that's the point I was raising, I guess it was yesterday when we were talking about this. Are Alabama fans going to be all in on board with supporting their collective? Or are they going to be reticent to do that because they haven't had to do that so far? And look at the last guy and be like, well, Coach Saban didn't have to have this. Why is the new guy? guy? I don't want to give my money. How's that going to go? I think that's something that's important to watch. It is. And and you would hope, if you're an Alabama fan, that they understand that with Saban you didn't have to play the game as much as other people because of his track record, but now you do. Um, we'll just 
We'll simply just have to see because that, that's the cost of winning now. It, it, that, hey. That's why I keep saying if they're expecting Saban, they're not going to get him. It, it, it's not the same. Th- things have to change there. You laid it out perfectly. Things have to change there or else you are kind of setting them up for failure. Because yeah. that, that's the, the best thing that Kirby Smart did, if you believe the people that cover Georgia intimately. It was meeting with the powerful people and saying, uh, get on this train now because you want to win championships, right? This is the way. And if you don't do it this way, you're not and winning that, championships. That was before NIL was legal. That was before NIL was legal, but that's what he did, right? It was, this is the way. You want to win, you got to pay. And look at Georgia now. Absolute wagon. So if if that doesn't happen in Tuscaloosa, it, he'll recruit well and, and he'll get good players because it's Alabama and they will be able to do both of those things. But you're in the SEC, brother. Everybody's yeah. paying. Even Vanderbilt is in the NIL game now. They are. I mean, look, look at their portal class. They're doing well. They've got some boosters that have stepped up and even they're paying for guys now. Everybody's in. So if you're not all in, you're going to be just like the rest. And, and Alabama people won't put up with being just like the rest of us. Jeff on the C Spire text line says, Can we please pronounce the first and last name of the Alabama new coach's name and make sure that we all get it right? Is that a trick question? Kalen DeBoer, right? We're all on the same page there. Yes? Yes. Yes, that's correct. All right. Kalen DeBoer, Jeff. That is his name, and we're sticking to it. Four o'clock hour coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. You can tell Hey Dad's not into it today. This is normally one where he perks up. He's all doing the playing the air cowbell and whatever else. You tired? You tired, pal? No, no. I just heard it late and I was like, ah, I won't get into that one. <laughs> Sitting here next to rock legend Michael Borky. He's the cock of the walk, baby. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour on this Friday. So glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Oaks, Azaleas, I'm just going to be honest. You're probably not going to want to play golf Monday or Tuesday of next week. I think that would be a miserable experience. Plus, they probably got the greens covered. So you can just sit down at your desk quietly and close your eyes and allow your mind to go to March or April and think about how good it's going to feel and how those azaleas are going to be gorgeous. Golf season will be here before you know it. And then you can go online to dancingrabbitgolf.com and book a tee time for the date of your choosing in March or April and get ready to take in that wonderful experience at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, part of Pearl River Resort. C Spire's got you covered with the best in wireless, the best in home internet, and the best in business IT services. Learn more about them online at cspire.com. We got the C Spire text line open. 
to you, 601-879-4395. So you can send us a message like this. Hey, Dad's still upset that Kiffin's at Ole Miss. <laughs> Is that it, hey, Dad? No, no. Yeah. Just a little. Um, we got... We got big basketball this weekend. We'll get into that. We got Bruce Marshall coming up on the Farm Bureau guest slide about half an hour from right now. Farm Bureau, check out favorites.com. Go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Let's go back to Will Rogers just for a second. Wonder what happens next with Will. Great kid. Great young man. Accomplished thrower of the football at Mississippi State. Transferred to Washington. We all admitted it was kind of a kind of a strange fit considering what Michael Penix was as a quarterback. The, the the comp was the accuracy with Penix and Rodgers, but the arm strength didn't appear to be as comparable. So what now for Will Rogers? That's a really good question. You're welcome. Uh, because I, 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 honestly, I, I obviously I don't see him going to Alabama. I don't see him following DeBoer to Alabama. If if Will Rogers is a starting quarterback for Alabama next year, I, I don't know what to make of anything at that point. It just I, I may retire because obviously Would you be I don't any more know shocked anything. if your head you woke up with your head sewn to the carpet. Not a bit more surprised. No. Um. So, you know, obviously you, 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 he's got thirty days. Washington will have a new coach before thirty days is out. So you you want to see who that is. Um. It's it's possible that they could bring in a coach. You know, I, this current offense, the way they like to throw the ball down the field, I just don't know that it works with Will Rogers. But he he obviously thought that he could do it. So, you know, I saw a tweet a minute ago. I don't know how reputable the guy is, but they mentioned Cliff Kingsbury, and I was like, well, there you go. That would be great for Will Rogers if, if Kingsbury showed up because he runs no doubt runs a, an air raid system. That would that would be perfect for him. Um, so I don't know. I, I I don't like I said. I don't think he follows to board Alabama. I don't necessarily know that he stays at Washington after this next coach is hired. He's kind of in flux right now, and uh, we'll see where he ends up. I'm fascinated by the economics that go along with running out to hire a coach immediately after you make a massive offer to keep your current coach. So Washington was paying Kalen DeBoer four point two million. Reportedly, they were willing to double that to try and keep him. And so that takes you to $8.4 million. So now you want to go out and you want to go hire the best coach you can. Do you default to what you were paying Kalen DeBoer, who, by the way, got a big raise after his first year to get to the $4.2 million number? Does that mean you're now, as you move to the Big Ten, all in on a $6, $7, 8000000 million a year coat? Or do you default to the 3 or $4 million and then work somebody up? And I guess part of that depends on who they hire. Who who should Washington hire? Do they just hire Ryan Grubb, who's right there and it's easy and you just kind of roll with it? It feels like now. First, I, I guess I'll, I'll 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 start by saying I'm a little gun shy nowadays on uh, just promoting coordinators. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always work out the way you want it to. That's right. Um, but Grubb is a guy. I mean. It's kind of interesting that Grubb was a guy that Saban targeted last year as to be his offensive coordinator. That's right. Uh, and, and, and was gonna, was gonna come in and, and work for Alabama. 
So obviously, I think you know if you're good enough to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama, you're probably good enough to be a head coach at a lot of places. Don't know if that if Washington is quite on that tier. I think Washington is a, is a big time job. Um, so they should run a search. But if Grubb comes out to be the top guy, you, you, I, I don't think you know. I don't think it's a huge loss for them. I think I think he can keep things going at a, at a relatively high level. Um, but that said. I mean, this is. Gonna, I think it's going to be a coveted job. Washington's a very, very good job. Again, uh, we talked about it earlier. Like, it's not. It's not going to attract the kind of coach that Alabama was was attracting. But that next tier. I mean, some of the guys we mentioned for, as the 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 pipe dream for Mississippi State, right? Lance Leopold, Chris Kleiman, those kind of guys. I think they would be interested in Washington. If you're Washington, do you do you go after Jed Fish at Arizona? I would absolutely reach out to him. No doubt. Lance Leopold, Leipold. Leipold. There's a connection with Chris Kleiman as well. Yeah. And and this is almost kind of stream of consciousness because it's going to feel like I'm kind of bouncing all over the place because we're talking about one thing and it's like, oh, but what's going to happen here? And and all of this is a little interconnected. Is Jalen Milrow going to be the quarterback for Alabama next year in this offense? Great question. That's a great question. Thanks. Thanks. Times two. Before this year is over, I'm going to be like, that's the stupidest question you've ever asked me. Before this year is over, I'm going to get to you with that. Um, My first thought is no. But then the next question is, if not him, then who? Who who that? Yeah. If not him, then who? Well, I don't know how the Mannings would react being tampered with, but I would certainly call them. I would certainly make that phone call. I mean, he he may end Just up being that the greatest risk. quarterback of all time, but he's not taken a single meaningful college snap before. If you're DeBoer and you've got to win right away, you got to win right away. You're gonna put all your eggs in the basket of a guy that's never taken a meaningful snap before. Yeah. All right. So 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 the. The, the images we have in our mind of Arch Manning as a college quarterback are from their spring game last year where he did not look good and from late in the Texas Tech game in the final game of the regular season where he made a couple of throws where you were like, oh, oh okay, all right. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's completely unproven. Right. You know, Arch's timeline – and I will give you that college football is so drastically different than it was in 2001. Like, it's not, it's like, you know, a foreign language almost compared to what it was in 2001. But the timeline with Arch is identically mirroring the Eli timeline at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Red shirt year one, backup year two, get into a few games. And then you're set to be a three-year starter. Now, will Arch Manning hang around Texas for five years? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. No, no idea. But you had Peyton go four years at Tennessee. You had Eli go five years at Ole Miss. Man. We're in a different era. I understand everybody's trying to get to the league as fast as they can. But also, but Sark's not going to stop Manning... recruiting quarterbacks. Yeah. No, he's not. But that job's... That job's arches after Quinn Ewers is done. But, but what if he's not as good as a guy that Sark brings in, though? That's the, I mean, he's he, going to be. How do we know? I just, eh, I feel okay. I'm just I, I feel okay making close. that prediction. Uh, maybe so, but but Sark is going to bring in blue chip after blue chip quarterback. He's going to bring in the best quarter uh, among the best quarterbacks in college football. 
I mean, there's there's a chance that that he never becomes that guy because of how well Sark recruits. I would I would also tamper with Malachi Nelson. Just went to Boise State. Yeah, pick him up on the way. I guess, but there's I mean, no unproven evidence. but a five star talent. Yeah, but there's no evidence that Malachi Nelson had that in the time that he was at Southern Cal. None. No. But he's behind the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, how how many chances did he get? Yeah, but he just left this year also. Yeah. I mean, he didn't think he could win the job this year? This this coming year? I don't know. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi. What in the heck is going on in Auburn, Alabama? Offensive coordinator gone, defensive coordinator gone, safeties coach gone, running backs coach gone, and the the co-defensive coordinator slash DB's coach that they thought that was gone is apparently not gone or is back. What a mess. The sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to be with you this afternoon. So I asked the question before the break, what's going on in Auburn? So Philip Montgomery, who Hugh Freeze brought in to be his offensive coordinator and talked glowingly about when he hired him because of his experience, because of the success that he's had, liked having another former head coach on the staff, could bounce ideas off of, Really liked what he did. Offensive philosophies lined up. We, we heard all of those things when Philip Montgomery was hired. And Philip Montgomery's been fired as the offensive coordinator because that was a bad, bad offense last year. Um, Ron Roberts, who was the defensive coordinator, former head coach at Delta State, has been a bunch of other places. Recently at Baylor, had a really good defense at Baylor. And frankly, the Auburn defense wasn't bad this year. Uh, out, leaves to go be co-defensive coordinator at Florida alongside Austin Armstrong on Billy Napier's staff, knowing full well that Billy Napier is in a precarious position going into next season. Zach Etheridge leaves, and he takes a job at Houston. So he's going to be on Willie Fritz's new staff at Houston. And Cadillac Williams stepped out. Now, on the Cadillac Williams thing, that there's something going on, something happened that had not come to light publicly yet. And you got people that are talking cryptically about, well, Auburn didn't really have a choice, didn't want to part ways with Cadillac, but he kind of made that decision for them, and they allowed him to resign and, and step down. Don't 
don't know don't know what it is. You can find some speculation if you look into the um, dark corners or not so dark corners of the internet. There's there's no lack of speculation on why Cadillac stepped down, but that is not public and it's not verified. But that's a lot of turnover. And remember, crime dog Wesley McGriff left Auburn, reportedly going to Texas A&M, and now he's back at Auburn. And depending on who you believe, he either was hired back at Auburn or he never actually signed his contract and he was never actually officially gone from Auburn, which is a weird story. They still don't have a quarterback that Auburn fans are excited about. They are recruiting pretty well, especially at the wide receiver position, which, oh, by the way, not the first time in Hugh Freeze's career that he has recruited well at the wide receiver position. So I will phrase the question again with that backdrop. What's going on at Auburn, guys? Uh, you know, sometimes when you when you run people over with the bus enough times, they get tired of it and they just they get the hell out of there. <laughs> We've talked about freeze for a long time that you know the lack of connections in the coaching world and you know, his staff seem to be be pretty much the same guys over and over again. You never hear about guys wanting to come and coach with him. And we see the way he he acts after a loss and he and he he and it's it's always you know shifting the blame. And I think I think when coaches get other opportunities now, they're gonna be like, ah, I don't I don't need this. I can I can go work somewhere else and not have to deal with that. And oh, by the way, right before he left, Ron Roberts tweeted this. No context. This was on January 7th at 11.23 in the morning. Ten culture killers. One, ego. Two, hypocritical leadership. Three, cynicism. Four, selfishness. Five, poor communication. Six, unclear expectations. Seven, lack of listening. Eight, lack of trust. Nine, unhealthy internal competition. Ten, apathy toward culture. Now, maybe Ron Roberts is working on like a self-help motivational book. And he just, those are going to be the ten chapters. Maybe it's a book on culture killers and how to avoid that in coaching. And he just teased what the ten chapters are going to be, or maybe he meant something else with that tweet. I think it's glaringly obvious exactly what he was talking about. Agreed. I mean, that's why when that move happened, it was like coaches don't do that, guys. No, and he he did subsequently delete it because of you know not a good look. Emotional tweeting is, is never a good idea, but he left Auburn for a demotion for a job with a coach on the hottest of seats playing the most difficult schedule in the sport. That happened. Auburn's defense was very, very good this year. Very good. Kept them in games they had no business staying in. I mean, seriously. Kept them in games that, that they were in the Georgia game. In it. Why? Defense. They were in the old Miss game until five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Why? Defense. 
I know they gave up a fourth and goal from the 41, but they were in it until the very end with Alabama. Why? Defense. They were a pathetic, hey, that's word, putrid offensive team the entire season. What kept them in it? Defense. Yeah. you got to stress that, that word a little bit more yeah. when you want to say it. And that person that ran that defense left for a demotion. And, and Auburn people are, are in such denial, and I understand why. I, I get it. Like I, I truly get it. But this is what people that covered him at Ole Miss told them when it happened, and none of them listened. Oh, that was just Ole Miss. That, no, it, it was Ole Miss. It's different now. You're seeing an expedited version of exactly what happened at Ole Miss. It is the exact same minus the scandal. Let me ask you this, though. And... I'm not usually the one that that gives Hugh Freeze the benefit of the doubt. But there are some people who have opined about this, who've wondered this out loud. So let's ask the question. Hugh Freeze gets the job. And you know how Auburn loves to meddle? Like whether it's Brian Harson or Tommy Tuberville or anybody. Auburn, like as an entity, likes to meddle. And I don't think it's to the same degree as Michigan where they want Michigan men, but Auburn loves, loves having people that are part of the Auburn family. It feels like there were some, if not full-on demands, strong suggestions that Hugh Freeze keep some of the pieces from the previous staff, including Cadillac Williams. Now, they painted a pretty picture when Hugh Freeze was fi- was hired and about the importance of keeping Cadillac and the job that he's done and all that he means to Auburn. But but you had guys that were carryovers from a the previous staff that had failed miserably and had a terrible culture. Do we give Hugh Freeze the benefit of the doubt on this at all in terms of he had to get rid of the people that weren't his people. Is that reasonable? Not when you're talking about the coordinators, because uh, those, those yeah, were his I feel guys. Like it's, yeah, I also feel like I don't give Hugh Freeze the benefit of the doubt. He hadn't earned it. And you remember, it took him a while to put his staff together. Yeah, you, you remember that. Like, he was hired last year, and it took a while to get that staff completely put together. And we made references to the whole getting the band back together. I mean, there's talk and rumor online that um, Derek Nix could be in the mix for the offensive coordinator job at Auburn. Which, Although Hugh Freeze has announced that he's going to call plays. Right, but... I mean, that would, you would assume, come with a rather significant raise. And it was clear this summer that he wants to be a head coach. And so if you want to be a head coach, getting, even if it's in name only, offensive coordinator next to your name should help you uh, get there. But but hitching your wagon to, to a guy that you've seen firsthand destroy a program is a risk that you're taking. But, again, if, if the raise is as substantial as it possibly could be, as Auburn people are saying it would be, I mean, you're talking – Imagine doubling your salary right now, all of you out there. You double your salary. What would that do to your life, regardless of how much money you make? So, yeah. But it does demonstrate the lack of 
connections as Haydad said. That there's just there there aren't any. Well, I, I, I've said this before. I am a huge, huge Eric Nix fan. Huge. I think he is a phenomenal person. I think he's a good football coach. You can't be not good at your job and go from coach to coach to coach the way he has and been able to stay on. So whatever the right decision is for Derek Nix and his family, I hope they, they go for it. I, I hope Derek doesn't leave Ole Miss, but if he does, I hope it's for the right situation and this works out well. But I'm big Derek Nix fan. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Coming up next, Bruce Marshall joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. afternoon 437 that means one thing and one thing only it's time for our conversation with bruce marshall on the farm bureau guest line check out favorites.com and go with the home team mississippi farm bureau bruce man what a week it's been it's hard to believe that the national championship game happened this week it has been a busy week in the world of sports Think about all that's happened since then. And, uh, and by the way, um, this is uh, Jimmy Sexton's week. Think about what he did. He got himself. He got raises for three of his guys, Lanning, and Sark, and Norvell, using Bama as leverage, and then got another one of his guys, Kalen DeBoer, the Bama job. That is a masterclass in being a good agent from Jimmy Sexton, and he was running that whole. Alabama thing, and uh, it's interesting. Alabama might have ended up getting the best coach of the bunch with DeBoer, but we'll see. I mean, uh, you succeed a legend, and uh, DeBoer's never coached in the South. We know he can; he's a big-time coach, but Bama's a different beast. We know it's chewed up some other coaches in the past. I'm old enough to remember Bill Curry doing pretty well there and couldn't take the heat. He decided Kentucky, he could exist better in Kentucky. So we'll see, but uh, DeBoer looks to be the, is, uh, the guy there in Tuscaloosa. I think Tom Petty saying it's good to be king. Maybe he was singing uh, about Jimmy Sexton uh, when he uh, was, was looking into <laughs> yeah. the future when he uh, wrote that song. There may be some other stuff in that song that's not necessarily Jimmy Sexton, but uh, but nevertheless. Um, and now we've got a great fun weekend coming up as well. And uh, that is wild card weekend in the NFL. We are in the middle of it in uh, conference play for college basketball. Uh, let's, let's talk weather. I, I know you and I have chatted about this some in the past. There, there's weather like they're going to have in Buffalo where it's in the 20s and snowing. And then there's what they're going to deal with in Kansas City tomorrow. I'm actually in Columbia, Missouri. So I'm about an hour and a half from Kansas City. And it is cold. Ah, okay. And it is windy. And it's going to be even colder and windier tomorrow in that game. What does that mean for this matchup between Kansas City and, of all teams, the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, of all teams to go into that weather. Um, I was humored a bit today, Rich, when I read they talked about uh, Tua in cold weather. They go, Tua in, in temperatures 45 or below. 
45. Okay. The difference between 45 and minus 5 is like the difference between 95 and 45. I mean, it's that many more degree, I mean, uh, factors colder. I mean, this is Arctic stuff you're talking about. This is penguin weather. Um, and I don't know how Miami, in fact, I'm not sure the Chiefs are going to respond to it. They're not, just because it's that cold. I mean, they live there. They, human beings are not meant to be out in minus five. And um, we'll see about those fans tomorrow night. They better be bundled up. Um, the, the interesting thing here, the total, 44 and a half, I, I, this game is a dead under to me with on a fast track. So on a in an Arctic night, you would think under two. The only thing is sometimes you do get turnovers in these games. And uh, snowy fields, that's more the case at Buffalo, I guess. But we've seen, you know, at least the offense knows where it's going. The defense sometimes has trouble with footing. So it's not necessarily a given that these games are always lower scoring in, in bad weather or icy weather like this. In this case, though, I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game because it figured to be low-scoring uh, even on a, on a good track. And I'm thinking under, first of all, in Miami, Kansas City. But curiosity, I will watch it. I just got to make sure I can uh, I can find the peacock on my TV and <laughs> so I can watch tomorrow. Yeah, you're going to need that streaming exclusively on Peacock. If if the weather conditions were a little bit different, it feels like you sure would be looking at Tyree Kill and going, okay, him back in Kansas City in the playoffs, man, this could could be quite the story. It feels like it's hard to bet against Mahomes and Kelsey and that uh, that crew, though, at home in this type condition. Am I, am I crazy for thinking that? No, well, no, but um, I don't uh, remember. They, these teams played a game in Frankfurt in, uh, in in early November, and the weather was okay there, and it only went twenty one fourteen. And um, one of those TDs was a defensive touchdown. The Chiefs ran a big fumble back, so mm. they already played one game that's lower scoring. I, you know, Kansas City had not been the same this year. I mean, the, the receiver problems have been there all season. The question is about Miami, and Miami reminded me sort of an AFC version of Dallas this year. They ran up some scores there at home, but they really took their KO power on the road, and they didn't really beat any good teams away from home. So in that regard, I could see, you know, siding with Kansas City, although it's for them, I mean, this the under was really the way to go on fast okay. tracks with Kansas City this year. So I'm thinking that's the way. But I can see a case for Kansas City, too. They've been there, but Mahomes has been here. Tua ain't, at least in the NFL, so uh, uh, you could certainly make that case for the Chiefs, too. All right, the, the early game tomorrow, Bruce, the Browns at the Texans. These teams met just a few weeks ago, and Joe Flacco and the Browns really got after Houston in that game. But now you've got a healthy C.J. Stroud. Now you've got a healthy Will Anderson. It's in the Dome uh, in uh, in Houston. D- do you like the Texans as a as an underdog, a slight underdog in this game? I, some guys that I respect do like the Texans. I happen to like the Browns, just a personal thought okay. here. Uh, but I could be wrong on this, but a couple things. One, the risk for Cleveland, though, is uh, Joe Flacco has, when he's been in there, I mean, he's been good. He's gotten the ball downfield. He really burned Houston. And Mabari Cooper had 265 yards receiving that game three weeks ago. Uh, but um, uh, he's thrown picks in all of his starts. So he's been sort of high risk. So that would bother me. On the Cleveland side, though, I think um, I think they look very dangerous here. They also really beat up Houston in their first game. I know Stroud didn't play, and it was Keenum and Mills. Uh, that game was 36-7 until really late. Houston scored a couple garbage-time TDs, but it reminded me a lot of the uh, 
Jets game that the Texans had played just before that, the game Stroud got hurt, when they really got physically beaten up by the Jets. I mean, Houston is sort of built to beat teams like some of the other ones they saw in the AFC South, like, uh, you know, Indy last week, you know, and Jacksonville earlier. But uh, Cleveland, these really rugged defensive teams like that, I think might really be able to punish Houston. And uh, Stroud's numbers were, for technical-wise, uh, uh, he threw a lot better against zone defenses than man defenses this year, and Cleveland's one of the heaviest man coverage teams in the league. Uh, if, if Flacco doesn't make big mistakes, I think Cleveland wins uh, and okay. covers. I think this might go over as well. Uh, that game went 58 two weeks ago with uh, Keenum and Mills in there for the Texans at quarterback with those late touchdowns, but uh, mid-40s doesn't look like a too, too high of a total to clear either. So on Sunday's games, visiting with Bruce, let's pause right here, Bruce, before we run out of time and, and let everybody know where they can get your picks if they would like to do that. Thanks, Rich. Check us out online at VegasInsider.com, NFL, plus all these hoops picks, college, NBA, and NHL, up there at uh, VegasInsider.com. And check my stuff picks, too, up at CBS Sportsline, Sportsline.com. Bruce Marshall, we've been doing this for years. Always have a good time. I, I am intrigued, Bruce, by two big lines. Um, Cowboys is a seven-point favorite. Buffalo is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, a, a touchdown favorite in the NFL is a big number anytime, but in the playoffs especially, maybe less so wild-card weekend. I don't know. You know the history of that better. Do you like either of the home teams that are big favorites in these games? No, I do not, Rich. And I like the dogs. In fact, I'd be tempted to put – a uh, little bit on the money line with both of these dogs. Um, Pittsburgh's a different team with Mason Rudolph in there. Um, and I had been screaming f- from the top of the mountain here about uh, uh, when Trubisky was in there, why Trubisky was playing and why Pittsburgh uh, picked him up last year. I don't know. They had a capable backup in Rudolph. In fact, a few years ago, Rudolph was supposed to be the guy who was succeeding Big Ben. And he had always looked that bad when he was in there. A little ups and downs. He won some games. He always played well in preseason. I mean, he's better than Trubisky. I think he might be better than Pickett. Um, and certainly, I mean, George Pickens has gotten back involved since uh, uh, Rudolph took over. He's not thrown a pick in his three starts. They got Najee going. This is going to be the game. They might have some snow. Najee looks like he's an all-terrain sort of runner to me. He could really be a, a factor. And, and Buffalo's only dominant game in this late-season win streak was that game against Dallas, which folded up as usual on the road. Um, but they have every, all these other games have been tough. I think Pittsburgh plus, and I can take a flyer on the money line even with them. Similarly, Green Bay uh, playing with house money here. Jordan Love put up as a much better quarterback the second half of the year. Um He's got a pretty good uh, rapport with uh, Jaden Reed now, a big play threat, and Wicks. Uh, even if Watson isn't able to play, they have figured out how to get the ball downfield. But I don't trust Dallas, and I know they've had this record at home this year, but that schedule broke really well for them at home. But two teams in December that really had a shot were Seattle and Detroit. Could have won those games, and Dallas covered the spreads. Um, I And the pressure is on back. The pressure's on McCarthy against his old team. I think he's coaching for his job here. Ooh. Green Bay plus the points for me in that one. I might even look at a money line with the pack, too. All right. Uh, that's interesting stuff, Bruce. Great. I, I wish we had more time to uh, get into these other games and look at some college basketball, but we are unfortunately 
up against the break. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the college hoops, and uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks so much, my friend. Have fun in Columbia, Rich. Take care, man. Do the best I can. Bruce Marshall, uh, Vegas Insider, and lots of other places joining us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. He liked a bunch of dogs and some unders this weekend. Let's go to the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Some of Bruce's thoughts on these uh, NFL games this weekend, interesting. We'll talk about that in just a second. Remind you that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Enter your email address and automatically get 10% off your order. All orders over $150 get free shipping. I was uh, speaking with one of our coworkers earlier today, and uh, he said, So, Richard, you, you sent me a couple of Gentile polos um, back in the fall. I am fully on board. He said, I love them. I'm wearing one right now. He said, I got two or three from... Uh, family for Christmas. It's what I asked for for Christmas, and they followed through on it. And I've actually got a shopping cart open online right now, just waiting to uh, to hit submit on it. And that was somebody who had never even heard of Gentile prior to uh, to this. So give them a try yourself. You, I think, I, I really, truly believe you'll have the same reaction if you're trying it for the very first time. Gentile, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. All right, so Bruce was on the Browns. He liked the under in Dolphins Chiefs. And then those thoughts on on the Steelers at Buffalo and the Packers at Cowboys, that's interesting. And and those are pretty big numbers. Buffalo's favored by 9.5. The Packers are a 7-point underdog. In uh, in Dallas as well. You guys have any thoughts on that? Do you believe in the pressure on on Dak and McCarthy in this game? I believe there's pressure on, on them for sure. I mean, this is this is they're the Cowboys, but I think that's that's the point, right? When you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, there's pressure every time you're you're on the field. Uh, I feel like Dak has had his best year, uh, yep. MVP ca- can- caliber kind of year. And, uh, 4,500 I, I, yards, 36 touchdowns. Yeah. I don't know that the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. It's going to be really tough to get past San Fran if they have to go there. But I think in this game, I, f- I feel pretty confident they're going to win pretty easily. If they don't. Uh, I mean, Ooh. if they don't, then we'll have that discussion. They better. I mean, I mean there's a true they better here because Dak's had a really great year, but. If he loses this one, the the criticism is going to be un 
real because there's already a narrative. And regardless of what happens after this, if he loses this game, that that will be confirmed in a lot of people's eyes, and and that will be screamed about for weeks from everybody that covers the NFL. And, and McCarthy won't have a job; he'll be done. Absolutely, he'll be done. And this may be a really complex question, but if he is done, that opens possibly the most coveted job in American sports. Maybe. So, I mean, it's it's definitely up there. Maybe. They better win. And if that happens, what direction does Jerry go? Does he stay in the NFL? Or does he reach down into the college ranks? Or, whew, well, uh, let's cross that bridge when we uh That when will we be a there. fun bridge to cross if we ever get the chance. So, you guys remember the Jacksonville playoff game last year, and we talked about how much fun <laughs> the environment looked like. It looked like a college game. I think we're going to get one of those this weekend. And it's on Sunday night, and it's in Detroit. First ever playoff game at Ford Field. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. They have been waiting and waiting and waiting. And not only that, but you get Matt Stafford, who left Detroit to go try and win a Super Bowl in L.A., and he did. You got Jared Goff facing his old team, said earlier this week, I'll always have a chip on my shoulder as it pertains to that trade. Got the Lions at twelve and five. They're a three-point favorite. I, to me, this one has all the makings of being really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and, and like be. like you said, you don't get that much in the NFL. I mean, they're, they're great environments everywhere, but the the one where it feels like the livelihood of every person in the stadium is dependent on the outcome of the game. I mean, it, it will feel like one of those environments, and man, I wish I could be there. You think it'll be loud? Oh my god! Every single <laughs> offensive snap for the Rams will be deafening. Every single one of them. You remember what the Superdome used to be like? I mean, when it was, you know, it was like that week one before everybody figured out what the team was. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about a couple of years ago when they were. When it still felt like that roster was legitimate, legitimately capable of getting to a Super Bowl. When golf was getting into the ear of his center and screaming as loud as he could, and they still couldn't communicate. Yeah. Yeah, those. Those. Five o'clock hour coming up. We got the college football fix, and uh, we will we will try to make some sense of the week that has been. And also, we will look at a couple of big basketball games happening tomorrow for teams from the Magnolia State. That's the 5 o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi. It's coming up next with you right here in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Hey, guys. What's happening? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. This Friday, welcome to the weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. We've got a college football fix to get to. We've got a food Friday to get to. we got basketball to talk about. Plenty to go in this final 60 minutes of the program. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Glad to have you along in the Pearl River Resort studio, Pearl River Resort. 
Uh, so much going on. Check out their website, see the live events that are upcoming, and check out all of the amenities that are available to you at Pearl River Resort on their website, pearlriverresort.com. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. C Spire is customer inspired. Want to know what that means? Give them a visit on the website or stop by one of the C Spire stores all across the state of Mississippi. Let's jump in right now to the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one today. By the way, I ended up not flying but driving to... um, Columbia, Missouri. I was on my way to the airport at 5 o'clock this morning, and I made it to about Senatobia, and uh, it was raining. I mean, hard rain. It was one of those rains where it was hard to see because you got your lights reflecting, and the interstate's dark, and it's cloudy and foggy. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get to Columbia in a reasonable time today. And probably would have ended up with a repeat of last week where it's like I was stuck in travel Hades while uh, you guys were having a blast on uh, on the radio. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to drive. So I, I called travel at, uh, at Disney, and I was like, hey, I need to cancel my flights. As I was hanging up with them, I got a notification that my flight out of Memphis to Dallas had been delayed. And then I talked to uh, a friend who was kind of keeping up with the same thing, and my flight from Dallas to Columbia was canceled altogether. So... One of those times, good decision. Glad to be rolling along in the uh, the Ford F one fifty and uh, getting here safely. Um, let's start here on the college football fix. There's some work to do for uh, Eli Drinkwitz on his staff. He lost his um, lost his defensive coordinator, and now their defensive line coach has also gone to LSU. Now, we talked about this briefly earlier in the week when we were talking about a, a an early playoff prediction next year. And, hey, Dad, your immediate reaction with Missouri was, eh, I don't think so. Eh, probably not going to replicate what they did again this year. And then as we were digging through, I, I think we both kind of came across the, the same tweet that showed Combined record from this year of next year's opponents for all the schools in the SEC. And Missouri is the only team whose opponent record from this year for their schedule next year is below 500. And it's not just below 500, it's well below 500. Missouri has by 20 games. Yeah, by far the easiest schedule in the SEC. But their defense was good this year. How big an issue is that? Big. Defensive coordinator gone, defensive line coach gone. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're trying to to build, you you want continuity. You you don't want things changing over. You don't want things, you don't want to have to bring in new faces and try to spend, you know, your spring installing rather than honing and perfecting. So that's what Missouri sort of faces. Um, I like Drinkwitz. I, th- I thought this year that, you know, 
he answered a lot of his critics, of which I was certainly one of them. And I yeah. think he'll be okay. But if you're talking about, yeah, hey, we won 11 games last year, and we want to try to make sure we're bit, we're part of that 12 team playoff. Coaching turnover is not the the first thing you want to put on your your to do list. You know, Ole, Ole Miss has been very uh, very fortunate in that they don't, they haven't had a whole lot of that. They, they, that's why they're going to be on everybody's preseason playoff bracket, including the one that I I made for this show. So Missouri is not, and this is one of the reasons why. And how about for LSU? I mean, they were pathetic defensively this year. And not addressing it via portal yet, the spring period is going to be necessary for LSU because I, I think I said it Monday or Tuesday, but look at their defensive line room. It's, I mean, there's nobody there. They just they don't have any, especially yeah. a defensive tackle. It's just non-existent, so they're going to have to be active there. But Didn't Mason Smith this week declare for the NFL yep. draft? Mm-hmm. So I think they're down to mm-hmm. two returning scholarship defensive tackles. And now they're bringing in some true freshmen, but that's not a great situation. Either way, great hires for LSU, both with Bo Davis uh, on the defensive line and then stealing Missouri's coordinator. It's a a really good start for Brian Kelly. I mean, they they needed it to happen. They are kind of desperate for it, but if I were an LSU fan, I'd be encouraged by the start. I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard that Bo Davis couldn't be hired back in the SEC, and then lo and behold, LSU is able to get him. There he is. There's a time I mean, period he, where Hugh yeah. Freeze was unhirable too. Yeah, um, Bo Davis is an absolute stud, both as a coach and as a recruiter. I mean, his reputation is—he's he, done it in the NFL with multiple teams, multiple franchises. It's been a bunch of good places in uh, in college football as well. Hey, is this the greatest tweet ever from Greg Byrne? You guys seen this four minutes ago? He tweets a yeah. picture of Archibalds with the smoke coming out of the uh, out of the the rib cooker. They got the big chimney right outside the restaurant, and the smoke is coming out. I guess that's his version of papal smoke, Tuscaloosa style. And it says the plane has left Seattle. Hashtag roll tide. Love it. That's Love a pretty it. good local cultural tweet from Greg Byrne. Yeah. yeah. For uh, for sure. I get the reference, yeah. And then Florida State getting NCAA sanctions. Should. Yeah. But but how about I've never that been story Archibald. yesterday, too? Say that again, Borky. Florida State getting NCAA sanctions yesterday. Oh. So, their crime, their offensive coordinator. Put your headphones I back mean, on, hey, on, Dad. No, no, no. That was That's directed <laughs> for me. I gave him a heads up this morning when we were talking. You heard it. That when we got to this, I might just lose my mind. I think uh, he was convinced, Borky, that he was going to hear whatever I said, even with his headphones sitting on the table. It was going to be loud. I was, I was, I was, I was ready. I've ended up on, I think, the kinder, gentler side. All right, finish that. Their their crime, as you were saying. Their crime. They're getting punished by the NCAA kind of harshly because their offensive coordinator drove a player to a meeting with their collective. That is what 
they are trying to police in the era of tampering and multi-million dollar contracts where guys are hitting the portal with don't contact me because I already know where I'm. Like The NCAA set up the portal to allow a player to label himself as I already know where I'm going. But they punish Florida State for a coordinator driving a player to a meeting with the collective. All right, so this is from 2022. Their offensive coordinator, Adcock, I think that's his last name. They've got a recruit in. Offensive lineman, Atkins. I'm sorry, Atkins, thank you. Recruit in, offensive lineman from Georgia, who was in the portal. And the OC drives him to this off-campus meeting with the leader of um, one of their collectives. And it's not the – remember it was kind of like Wild West. Everybody had multiple collectives when this all started, and it's kind of consolidated, and the universities have kind of endorsed one. And I think Battle's End is is the one that is kind of the legitimate deal now. And they even tweeted out last night, hey, this was not us. We have nothing to do with this. We are full speed ahead. Everything's good. So this offensive coordinator drives the offensive lineman from Georgia who is in the portal to a meeting with the head of this collective that is obviously supporting Florida State where he got an offer of $15,000 a month. And I do think that the NCAA threw in to the uh, end of the complaints. These were level two violations that they got that, you know, you, you couldn't use cash inducements for recruiting purposes. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. You you can... Y- y- yeah, but come on is not an appropriate reaction to this. It's literally, literally, as our friend Russ Mitchell used to say, what every collective in America is doing. Because it's what recruits want to know. How much are you going to pay me? Because that's how I'm going to decide where I'm going to school. Kid ends up not going to Florida State. He goes back to Georgia. They get turned in, and boom, Florida State gets five, five scholarships. Two years probation. A little disassociation as well. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Since I've been here for a food Friday, keep your jokes. Keep your jokes. Last year, could, last week couldn't be avoided. Week before was Peach Bowl. We've had good times too. I'm sure. I mean, it's a great time of the year for uh, for food conversation. A little bit different than maybe in the middle of the summer when we're, I mean, locked in on the grill. It's Wait. that time though. It's time for a food Friday. Food Friday brought to you by Polk's Meat. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. Go there, find recipe ideas. You can see some merchandise and uh, check out all that they've got to offer. All of their product offerings you can see online. But you know what? That doesn't make your tummy feel any better. you got to go to the grocery store for that. You're looking for that bright yellow Polks packaging. Blue on the label, Polks and cursive, trimmed in red. Whether it's the Cajun sausage, the garlic and green onion, or the uh, the traditional smoked sausage, 
they've got you covered. Maybe it's the ham steaks, maybe it's the uh, the beanie weenies, all of it. They got it, and it's all fantastic, and it's going to be a perfect um, either main course or accessory, accoutrement for your uh, your meal this weekend. Yes, hey, Dad. I said accoutrement. Oh. So, so I'm on the road. Obviously, I will uh, because I drove. I'll get to come home tomorrow night instead of having to waiting uh, wait until Sunday. Uh, we are in soup time. Now, I don't know how big a soup guys you are, and when I say soup, I'm, I'm using that term loosely. I'm not talking chicken noodle. I'm talking chili, taco soup, white chicken chili, and as cold as it's going to be. This is soup season. And some Polk's Cajun smoked sausage in your soup. So I will ask the two of you what are the what are the cooking plans and does it involve soup? Mine does not involve not soup. Everybody no. Not everybody. Not nothing against soup, obviously. I like soup. I'm a soup kind are of you guy. A chili guy? Uh, I'm not a big chili guy. I'm not. Really? I'm a gumbo guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Big pot of gumbo this time of year would do me right. Uh, I'm doing some pork chops on Sunday. I got some. They, they had some big thick pork chops that's on sale today, so yeah. I picked those up. And I'm doing a, a baked ziti. So I'm gonna have some uh, some pasta as well. I, I wanted to do pasta, but I was like, if I don't do something on the grill, Richard will make fun of me. So I, I got some pork chops as well. <laughs> Very good. Don't let him you shame you into changing your cooking plans. Well, I, I like pork chops. So. Especially when he's a Bump. casual uh, participant of Food Friday. Oh, the soup is the meal, Jerry. Bone-in pork chops or... Oh, yeah. yeah, big center cut. Like, almost like the T-bone kind of pork chops. They were, they were, I was surprised to find them. They were good, you know... Thick. That inch, kind of thick, inch and yeah. A quarter, yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. I was so surprised. Good. Greek yeah. seasoning. I think I'm. I think I'm going to do yeah that, and I think I'm going to baste them with like a. I'm going to make like some lemon butter. You know, just butt, mm-hmm. stick of butter, squeeze a lemon in there, brush that on there. I never would have guessed the lim- recipe for lemon butter was a stick of butter and squeeze some lemon. It's in It's like there. honey. It's like honey butter, only it's lemon. Yeah, it's like. Season it with some seasoning. <laughs> I'm going to butter it up with some butter. What are you cooking this weekend, Borky? Tonight, uh, in honor of the uh, the Pelicans actually being on over-the-air television uh, here in the state and in Louisiana. He's cooking a whole Pelican. Uh, yeah, I've got him brining in the uh, in the fridge right now. You smoke him or fry him? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna smoke. You, you've got to get the fishy flavor out because of their diet. You it's know, fried got... pelican. <laughs> Never eat the mascot, obviously. Uh, no, because they're playing Denver. I'm eating some chicken nuggets. No, I'm kidding. Um, but they're on over the air. <laughs> they're on over the air TV. You can watch them if you're Jackson South. You can watch them on your local uh, on your local. On a local news affiliate, um, and that'll end up being a permanent thing, I think. But they got ten games this year because Bally's going bankrupt, and they're going to get out of that contract. And then eventually, you'll get them for free, which will be great for fan base or whatever. But because I can watch them on TV instead of on this stupid twenty dollar a month app, 
I am going to make some po' boys tonight just to, to feel the spirit. And then tomorrow I've got a fat ribeye that I'm uh, going to smoke to 110. And then I'm going to sear it. And then I'm going to have that with a big old glass of bourbon and uh, wait for the impending uh, white death coming on Monday or Monday night, Tuesday morning with uh, winter front. So it'll be great. Avoid the rush. Get your milk and bread now. And, of course, your Polk's sausage. <laughs> so you guys are going to think I'm nuts, but I did this. So I made a... Uh, I already did that. Don't worry. I, I made like a, just like a homemade... I have a walk. And I, I did a fried rice with you know broccoli and, and mushrooms and onions in it. And Hard to hide that Borky money. He's got a walk. Dude, that thing is awesome. It's so, it's just a, a walk is a good, good thing to have. Yeah, it is. Um, I did... I had some sausage that I, I just I put in the skillet that morning for breakfast, and James is doing this picky eating thing. Like he just don't want to eat anymore. So I had a bunch of leftover sausage, and I did put it in the fried rice like that I made like traditional way, and I actually really liked it. And I told some of my friends about it, and they said I was nuts, but. I'm going to stand by it. I actually thought it was good. The the Polk sausage, I, I just had the original, and it actually worked with, like, the fried rice and the soy sauce and stuff. I I don't regret it. I love it. I love it. All right, hey, ceasefire text I've seen that, I've seen people making that Cajun-style fried rice. Like, Malcolm Reed did a video on it where it's it's like a mix so like of, of fried rice and jambalaya. Yeah. 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 So good. Uh, let's see. What else have we got going here? We got um, turnip green soup with Polk's sausage mixed in. Turnip green soup. Okay. Um, going to be cold. Don't just eat. Check on pets and let your old people come inside. Uh, seriously, though, uh, I've, I've seen some. Nah, the old's got to stay out. I can't. I can't have them in. <laughs> I have seen some PSAs, though. Look, it, it, I. If you have a permanently outside dog, uh, some people have that for yard protection or whatever. When you've got temperatures that are 10 degrees that we've got coming here in the state, bring them inside. Even if like you've got a husky and they can survive in that, doesn't mean that you should make them. If you got outside animals, yeah. bring them inside. Make sure that uh, we, we had a dog. So what was it? Two Februarys ago, where we had that three four day freeze. We had somebody in the neighborhood leave a dog outside and, and lost the dog. So mm. bring, bring your dog. Tough stuff. Take care of the animals. Uh, let's see here. David says, Eastern North Carolina fish stew. A dish that is a classic from Eastern North Carolina. Looks good. Looks like there's a fried egg floating around in there as, uh, as well. All right, David. Uh, David in Tupelo. Different David. Homemade French onion soup. Made that on Sunday. Delicious. Uh, David at West Point. I mean, it's like David, David, David. Uh, cabbage soup and garlic bread tonight, he says, and Merlot. There you go. Uh, red beans and rice with Polk's Cajun sausage on the menu. That's a, that's a good call. Uh, someone said snow and ice, so I braved the grocery store with all the crazy people for taco and red beans and rice fixings. Cooking tacos right now, red beans and rice with uh, deer sausage for next week as well. Um, ooh, Amanda in Pike County. She said, hellacious week. So supper is catch, catch what, catch can. I ain't cooking. 
It's all right, Amanda. You deserve a break. Sorry it's been a tough week. Hope you have a great weekend. Tom and Jackson says, love food Friday. We got the uh, bread and milk uh, jokes uh, floating around. Dwayne and Brandon doing a golf shrimp salad. He says, don't judge me. We always have Polk's Cajun sausage to start every meal. I love that. We got a deer chili going. What's Debbie at Ocean Springs doing tonight? She says, tonight we're having steak bomb po'boys and potaters with extra gravy. Courtesy of Po'boy Express in Ocean Springs. And then Sunday, we're Definitely throwing rack ribs on the grill. Mm. With Polk's Cajun sausage also. So, very good. And, uh, hey, hey, and for our uh, our friend who, who said nobody cares what you're eating this weekend, apparently you're new to the program. Because there might not be anything that we talk about all week long that people care more about than Food Friday. Al, nobody cares what you're eating. Who are you from? Like gave Massachusetts the, or something, buddy? Gave him, gave him the pal. That's right, buddy. Yeah. Borky, Borky, you gotta say chief. Say it quickly, chief. All right. Oh, that's good. not what I wanted. Food Friday, brought to you by Polk's. Visit them online at polksmeat.com. When you go to the grocery store, make sure you're getting the uh, Polk's Meat products. If you haven't tried them, you're going to love them. But my guess is you probably have tried them right now, and you already love them. Just make sure it's on your shopping list every time you go. Half an hour left with you. Let's talk hoops when we come back. Big games for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, both at home tomorrow. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, you're gonna take me home tonight. Oh, down beside that red firelight. Oh, you're gonna let it all hang out. Fat bottom girls, you make the rockin' world go round. All right, what about this weekend in hoops? Here's your SEC schedule. LSU's at Auburn. Arkansas is at Florida. South Carolina at Missouri. Kentucky's at Texas A&M. Tennessee at Georgia. Alabama at Mississippi State. And Vanderbilt is at Ole Miss. The Vanderbilt-Ole Miss game uh, kicks off a quadruple header tomorrow on the SEC Network. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday. It's a game that Ole Miss has to win. And we do the whole must-win opportunity game, can't-lose game, all all that good stuff. If Ole Miss is legitimately uh, going to have a special season, if they are going to be in the mix for the NCAA tournament, if they're going to be on the bubble, whatever, they're a slam dunk for the NCAA tournament, they win tomorrow. Yeah. Is there a route still if you mess around and you lose that game? Of course there is. Sure, it's the third game of conference play. But you understand what I'm saying. If you're a good basketball team, you follow up the 103-point performance you had in your building on Wednesday night with a solid performance. And I think it's got to start on the defensive end. You're going to score. You're going to score. Vanderbilt throws a lot at you in terms of sets and their scheme and what they do. They've played some close games to start SEC play, but they've lost both of them. I think they're 5-10 and 10 overall this season. 
It is a Vanderbilt team that has struggled to play well for 40 minutes. You have to win this game tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, defense and rebounding. Uh, and and that's been a, even though they played and rebounded much better against Florida, they still got out-rebounded by 10 and gave up too many offensive boards. That I mean, there's an easy way to take any kind of confidence or, or anything out of a, an opponent like Vanderbilt, and it's to not give up second-chance points early and not let them get in a rhythm offensively. If they're locked in from the jump, if they don't give up easy second-chance points, then then you can kind of bury a team like this. Curious to see how they come out of the gate because, like you said, I mean, and these are human beings. They, they watched the tape and they saw what Florida was. Uh, they, they saw that game against Kentucky and, and they, they know things. And then they look at Vanderbilt and they watch the film. And although it's been closer games, they, they know who Vanderbilt is. And, and so it'll kind of test their um, their mental strength as a team uh, to get up and, and play well in this game again, knowing what's ahead of this team and what you just uh, what you just did in Florida. So... It's kind of like that that letdown game that people talk about in college football, right? You get a big win, fans storm the field, whatever, and the next week, like, Troy's coming to town, and you know who Troy is, but at the same time, those dudes can beat you if you let them. Kind of like that here. You had a big win on Wednesday night. You've got bigger games ahead. Vanderbilt can beat you if you let them. And look, after this, Ole Miss goes to LSU. That's uh, midweek. Got to go to Baton Rouge. It's an LSU team that's off to a good start in league play, better than, than people thought they would be. Then you got to go on the road next weekend to Auburn. And that's a bear. Yeah. Then you get Arkansas at home. And gotta, I mean, there are some opportunities for this Ole Miss team to stack up some wins. And that's what it's all about. It's it's chasing wins. How many can you pile up and how fast you can do it? Because the more wins you pile up early, the more margin for error you've got later. Ole Miss sitting at 14-1 and one going into this game against Vanderbilt tomorrow. It really is a remarkable turnaround. They've already... One more games by a couple than they won all of last season. And, hey, Dad, a, a, a similar story for Mississippi State, but the opponent is much different than Vanderbilt. Mississippi State would like to capitalize on that win against number 5 Tennessee on Wednesday night. Really big win for Mississippi State. And you don't have the consequence that Ole Miss has for losing to Vanderbilt this weekend if you lose to Alabama. But there is a massive opportunity to get a home win against a good team with a great net ranking, build confidence, build momentum, and just have a win that is absolutely going to be a resume builder from now until the selection show airs on NCAA Tournament Saturday Sunday. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you're talking about having two top. I mean, Tennessee was fifth. They lose to the state. They dropped to six. Now Alabama's fifth. So you could beat the number five team uh, in the net uh, twice in one one week. That is that is a, an incredible uh, resume builder. State sitting at 27. A win in this would probably push them up to around 20. And, and then at that point, you know, you think about terms of seeding. I mean, it's, it's way too early for all this, but we'll do it anyway. Yeah. If we can do a way, if we can do a way too early uh, playoff bracket, we can certainly do a way too early <laughs> March Madness bracket. Um, but I mean, if you're in I the mean, tw- Joey, if you're at twenty, you're talking about doing it for six weeks now. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about you're around the five seed right now, maybe a four seed if things go your way. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is a big opportunity for state. Alabama's such an interesting team. We talked about a little bit about it yesterday. 
They have five losses already, but they're all five losses or quad one wins or quad one losses. They've played three teams that were ranked in the top ten when they played Alabama. So they score a lot. I did I did an interview yesterday. They don't defend very well, is what I was told. Is their Achilles' heel. So you know, for Mississippi State, they need to get the they need to sort of follow the plan they had this past uh, Wednesday with uh, with with getting the ball into Tolu, letting Josh Hubbard get his looks. But they do need to still find that third guy who can give them some double-digit scoring. If they do that, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat on Saturday. I was talking to John Sunvold while I was traveling today for a while, and we were talking some about Mississippi State. And he's like, man, Josh Hubbard changes that team. He said, when's the last time they had a guy that can knock out a jump shot consistently? He said, it's been a while. And yeah. he's right. I mean, you've had guys that streaky shooters have had, you know, good games. But in terms of somebody that you believe can consistently go out and knock down shots and give you offense night in and night out, Josh Hubbard's the best the State's had in a while. And, man, he was so good against Tennessee. And a big opportunity. And Alabama's got one of those guys, too. In Mark Sears, who leads the yeah. SEC in scoring. Who gets that defensive assignment? Yeah, and... <sighs> Probably Shaq Moore to start sure. us off, and then you see, see where it goes from there. Sears is such an interesting guy because, you know, this is the comment I made last year. He was Robin, right? Brandon Miller was Batman. And what's happened now with Miller gone to the NBA is that Sears has really upped his game. He's averaging, like you said, 20 points a game, shooting almost 50% from behind the arc, and that's on 40 of 81 shooting. It's not on like he's it's not like he's 5 of 10 wow. from back there. You know, his shooting is incredible. Uh, but he also, you know, he can also distribute a little bit as well. So this is a Nate Oates team. You know, they're going to want to shoot the three ball. They shoot it almost forty percent as a team. State's been pretty good against the perimeter this year, but these last two SEC games, they haven't been as good. South Carolina hit some threes on them. Tennessee hit some threes on them. So they're going to have to tighten that up a little bit. I think the biggest factor State has working for it, obviously, is Tolu Smith. Alabama just doesn't really have a guy who can bang down low with, with Mississippi State if they can get the ball to Tolu. I expect him to have his points. It's just who around him gets their points as well. Mark Sears leading the SEC in scoring 19.3 a game. Antonio Reeves from Kentucky is second at 19. Then it's Michi Johnson from South Carolina, Wade Taylor the fourth from A&M, and Sean East from Missouri. Um, Mississippi guys, you've got three in the top 11, all from Ole Miss. Matthew Morrell is 7th, Alan Flanagan is ninth. Jalen Murray is 11th. Got Josh Hubbard from Mississippi State, 14th in the SEC in scoring. Just a hair below 15 per game, 14.83. He's the only player from Mississippi State, though, in the top 20 in scoring in the SEC. I don't know if you guys have looked at this list at all, the, the scoring leaders in the SEC, but if you do, there's something that really stands out. All of the top 20 scores, and, and I guess it kind of depends on how you want to classify Dalton Connect because he plays the four sum. They're all guards. The the only post player, the only true post player in the SEC that is in the top 20 in scoring this year is Jani Broom at Auburn. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That you out of the top twenty scorers in the league, you have one post player. Now, Tolu Smith could certainly work his way into that before it's all said and done. I don't think 
Yeah, he has not played enough games to no. qualify yet three. For, for scoring leaders. Yeah, he's got three games. You yeah. to to um to to factor into the league stats, you have to play in seventy five percent of the games. In conference games only, year. though, he's 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 right there with everybody else. Yeah, there you go. Smaller sample size. <laughs> So yes, that uh, that does work. Jimmy Bell continues to uh, lead the SEC in rebounding at nine point four two. Did you believe that Anderson Garcia, when he left Mississippi State, would become what he has become at Texas A and M? No, no, He's it's been interesting to watch that. in the SEC. He was a good energy guy for State, and he could play give you a, a couple of minutes here and there. And he's turned into a really good player for, for Texas A and M. I bet State would like to have him back. Yeah, yeah, certainly has. Uh, what about three point shoot? Okay, three pointers made. That's not what I'm looking for. Uh, sorry, I thought I had it right here. Really bad radio. My apologies. Oh well, never mind. I thought I, I thought I had three point shooting right there, um, but I don't. Antonio Reeves leads the SEC in field goal, a three point field goal percentage. Josh Hubbard is second in the SEC at thirty eight point eight. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We're back with you to wrap it up next. I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Supertalk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Time with you on this Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Glad to be with you. Aaron Suttles covers Alabama. <laughs> I like this tweet. It was from earlier today. Something I alluded to earlier in the show. He says, Some of y'all would not have survived November 27th, 2006 until January 3rd, 2007. 44 hours has you in a pretzel. <laughs> That was a long. He didn't cover them anymore. They... Did you know that? He doesn't. He works for their uh, their collective now. Oh, really? Yeah, he does like their PR and stuff. He works for Yay Alabama. Oh, that's the collective. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, good for him. I always thought that was interesting. Went from you know I'm a media guy, I'm straight down the middle, blah blah blah. Nope, now I'm raising money for him. Yeah, or maybe he wasn't uh, straight down the middle. Yeah, he just you and Walker just, need to team up, you know. Pre- pretended to be. Um, all right, what a week! On Monday of this week, we crowned a national champion. Yeah, that was the, Monday. Uh, yeah, that the Michigan Monday. Wolverines beat the Washington Huskies on Monday. Tuesday was just kind of a recap. Wednesday. Nick Saban resigned. Pete Carroll well, first got hour pushed was normal. Into... Yeah, yeah, yeah. First hour of Wednesday was normal. I, I say resigned. Nick Saban retired. Pete Carroll was kind of pushed out of his role. On uh, on on Thursday, Bill Belichick 
was pushed out of his role in New England. Today, Alabama hired a new coach from the team that played for the national championship on Monday. That tells you everything you need to know about the Alabama job, by the way. Circle of life. As, you know, people talk about, oh, it's not the same. Alabama is not as attractive to people. If they, in fact, got turned down by three people, which, you know, you could debate whether or not that actually happened, doesn't matter. Alabama's fourth option was the guy that just went 14-1 and and took Washington to the national championship game. If they got turned down by the first three, that is their number four. Yeah, and so Pac-12 has that soft reputation, right? If you think that's what Kalen DeBoer is bringing to Tuscaloosa, like a a soft Pac-12 mentality, eh -eh. he's a South Dakota guy. They were physical. That offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. Dylan Johnson ran for over 1,000 yards this season. Who declared for the draft today, by the way? Oh, did he? He did. You know who hasn't declared for the draft yet? Caleb Williams. Now, I'm sure it's just a show and a charade, and he's going to, but he hasn't done it yet. So, Yeah, there's a fake tweet going around about him saying that uh, the only way he'll declare is if Chicago trades out of the number one pick. Too many people fall for uh, obviously fake stuff. Yeah. I don't know who this guy is. Um, He does not have a... eh. Saying that Washington was going after Matt Campbell at Iowa State. But... What's, yeah, what's, sorry, what's the name guy. of the Twitter account? I will I will, I will, will do your research. No, no, Please. I'm not even going to tell you. I didn't even look to see what the name was, but I'm out. He's only got 874 okay. followers, and he's got a numerical he's sequence out. in the name. He, he has a numerical yeah. sequence, hey, Dad, in his, um, in his name on Twitter that makes me think he's not serious. No, no, no we're, we're no good. Nice, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Kalen DeBoer, 105 wins, 12 losses in his career as a head coach. That's really good. It's really good. What a week. What's next week going to bring? Can we keep the news cycle going like this? This has been a fun week on the radio. Wait, somebody point out on the text line, by the way, the Nike-Tiger relationship ended. I mean, they. We don't. I don't even think we talked about that. That is one of the biggest things, though, that happened. Yeah, be like us breaking up with Gentile. Maybe be huge, huge news. No, never, <laughs> never, never. Um, in terms of most recognizable athletes on the planet, where does Tiger Woods rank? Right, just top second, five, right? Yeah, like he's right still now. in the top. He's still top five to ten for sure. Most recognizable athletes in the world or in the country. On the planet. He's top five. And so, yeah. Because Messi, yeah. Ronaldo, probably, you know, this is going to sound crazy, Federer, Michael maybe? Jordan. Michael and Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. those would Jordan be your... still, yeah. That might be your top yeah. five. It really might be. In America, is it top two? Is it two guys that, that are up there in age and, and one hadn't been playing yeah. in, in decades? Jordan and, and Tiger? The third one's probably Brady. Uh, I was going to say LeBron's probably three. Yeah, LeBron might be, yeah. 
Otani is on the list somewhere, too. Who? Otani. Oh. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Be back with you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend from Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. All of you in Sports Talk Radio land are the best. Good night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.